This is a special presentation of a short story I wrote called The Greatest Gift, and it's backed by the music of the Vince Guaraldi Trio from the special A Charlie Brown Christmas. The Monkey Man and Cruiser Joe were walking through the slushy snow. It was December 23rd, but it didn't feel like Christmas. The brothers had soaked through their canvas Converse high tops as they slogged through their alley and headed toward the railroad tracks. It's too quiet, Monk, Cruiser Joe said as they settled on the tracks. It's not even close to being Christmas without the bouncer. He referred to their oldest brother, Billy, who used to be round and had grown tall and straight enough to be a Marine. He had joined the June before. As much as they tried not to think of it this way, the brothers knew he couldn't stay at home any longer. He held out for two years after graduating high school, working as a mechanic at a service station. It was so different now. The boys weren't the problem. Billy never minded Joey's birth when he was six, or the arrival of his baby brother two years later. He did everything for his brothers, even to the point of giving them their nicknames. The monkey man only heard his real name, Michael, in school, and then only from teachers too stubborn to address him the way even the principal had learned to do. When the monk was born, Joey was just two years old. As hard as he tried, he couldn't make himself call the new baby Mikey. Billy decided it sounded like monkey, and an identity was born. Cruiser acquired his name the day he began to learn to ride a bike. He had mastered the art of balancing on two wheels while the kickstand held him in place. As he sat there proudly, Billy asked what he was doing. I'm going cruising, Joe proclaimed, and Billy never let it go. Not to be outdone or left out, Billy named himself as well. Back when he was the pudgy sort, he played a game in which he launched the boys off his stomach. As they giggled, he proclaimed he was the house bouncer. The monkey man picked at the white long johns, poking through the torn knee of his jeans. I really miss Bouncer's Manger, he said. Three years before, on the day after Christmas, their mother died. Since then, the boys never had a real Christmas. Not the way TV shows make it, anyway. Eleven months and two weeks of every year, things were much calmer. Being alone with their father wasn't always a picnic, but he could be very attentive and caring. But when the street corner Santas came out, so did his bottle. He drowned his sadness each of the last two years, and this year was no different. Their father could take everything except Christmas without his love. He threw out all the Christmas goods she had accumulated over the years. A few days before the first Christmas without her, Bouncer showed up with a collection of parts that had become their manger. None of the pieces matched, and he never said where he got them. Billy always convinced his dad to leave it up for the feast, but the holy scene disappeared the next day. As hard as they searched, the boys never found the pieces again, so they knew their father threw them away. This had happened two years running, but Bouncer wasn't there to build the creche. Cruiser Joe stretched his legs as far as they would go and thought deeply. It won't be Christmas without a manger, he said, and Bouncer had to be too busy to send one. If he was going to do that, it would be here already. I guess we'll have to build our own. What do you think, Monk? I think Billy wasn't too honest about where he got the pieces to tell the truth. If he was, they would have matched. He got them from his friends, Monk. That has to be it. They'd sneak out a piece or two and he'd get everything together. He didn't steal them. Cruiser Joe's defense of his brother was vigorous. 
I don't think he flat out stole them, Cruiser Boy, but there's no way I could do something like that. We're not nearly as smart as Bouncer. We'll never get a manger. Cruiser Joe scoffed at the negative talk. Being 15 means never thinking you can lose. He led his brother through the alleys of the neighborhood. They didn't pick through the garbage, but they found some pieces at the tops of cans. It was after dark before they gave up for the night. All they had to show for their work was a lamb and two shepherds. The lamb was missing a forepaw, and one shepherd had to be standing just so in order to balance his head on his shoulders. They hid the pieces in the shed behind their house and went inside. No matter how hard they tried to avoid it, they thought they were defeated. They stripped to their long johns and readied themselves for bed. A space heater replaced the roaring fireplace, and Cokes stood in for hot chocolate with marshmallows. Joe said, I'm pretty used to not getting presents, Mom, but I really want to have a manger. Yeah, I can live without toys, but you're supposed to be able to see baby Jesus when you wake up on Christmas morning. The next day was a mission. They spent every moment scouring the alleys to complete their creche. A department store trash can yielded a Joseph with a chipped bottom, and one of their neighbors, a gruff old man, who was usually short and mean to the scruffy pair as they played their boyish games, gave them all three kings. He saw them haunting the alley and actually talked to them for the first time ever. The kings were part of an old set, he explained, and his wife would never miss them. Joseph was half the size of the kings and out of proportion with the shepherds they found the day before. But that was part of the magic of Bouncer's Christmas creche. Pieces that didn't fit together became a single holy scene. They started to assemble their nativity in the empty lot next to the tracks. Building it was easy. Wood for the stable and dead grass to be hay were right there, especially evident because there wasn't a bit of snow on the ground. Yesterday's slush turned into today's bitter rain. It was warming just when it was supposed to be frosty, cold, and white. The day dragged on. Every time they found a piece, they ran straight back to the prairie and placed it carefully in the setting. No one disturbed their work. Everyone else had a real Christmas, and they were at home getting ready. By supper time, they had two cows, three more shepherds, a humpless camel, and an angel to go with all the figures found before. They found Mary on the way home. She must have been dropped just that day. The hand that stretched out over her beautiful baby was gone, but she still looked like the Blessed Lady. Cruiser was excited. We only need a manger and baby Jesus, he said. And I don't care what Dad says. This is going home with us. I don't know, Cruiser boy, the monkey man said as they scurried home. Maybe we should leave it by the tracks. Dad won't want it around anyway. We could keep it for ourselves. Throw it away. We'll think about that when we have to, Monk. It'll be tough finding Jesus in the dark, so let's eat fast and catch some light. Everyone else in the neighborhood was eating a special meal, but Cruiser Joe and the Monkey Man settled for a can of hot dogs and beans they made themselves. Their father didn't think too much about eating on Christmas Eve. If their mother hadn't died on the day after Christmas, it might have been different, but they played the dealt hand. They went out again to search for the last missing piece. It was dead dark, well after nine o'clock, before Cruiser admitted the truth out loud. Monk, nobody throws out the baby Jesus. I bet there's broken mangers all over this neighborhood. 
But how can you put Jesus into the trash? Let's go home. He wiped away a tear. Without much talking, the boys decided to build what they had of their creation, the place where Mom had always set the tree. It was as scruffy as they were, but it was beautiful enough for them. In a short enough time, they were secure behind locked doors. They still didn't have a baby Jesus, and their father was not yet home. Not trusting that he'd leave the scene until morning, they stayed there to keep watch over him. Both boys fell asleep before he returned. If nothing else, they'd wake up looking at Bethlehem. It was too bad that Jesus wouldn't be there. Even when he doesn't expect miracles to happen, it's tough for a kid to sleep late on Christmas Day. The monkey man popped open his eyes and looked around. He punched Cruiser on the arm to wake him. Joey, why didn't you tell me you were doing this? How did you fake me out? Cruiser Joe rubbed the sleep out of his eyes, and he was as full of disbelief as his baby brother. A bright star caught the light of the sun, and the shepherd's head had been clumsily glued to his body. Then, both boys stared at the miracle. Sitting between Mary and Joseph, receiving their love, was the bouncer's eighth grade graduation picture. Monk, I didn't do it, I swear. I think I was asleep before you anyway. Okay, Cruz, I guess you didn't. But I wonder what happened. Now fully awake, they enjoyed their completed Christmas scene. To them, it was perfection, with figures of six different sizes and a photo in the middle. Then they saw it. Hidden in the wet grass behind the makeshift manger was a half-empty bottle. The boys had the perfect Christmas scene, it had to be a miracle, or their first gift from their dad in three years, which would amount to the same thing. Bouncer belongs there, Cruiser said. He cocked his head to see the crash from a different angle. Jesus made Christmas happen for everyone, but even from far away, Bouncer does it for us. He smiled and gave his baby brother a Christmas hug. I guess he's the closest thing to Jesus we've got, the monkey man said with the brightest of smiles. And even Dad knows it. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory.